In the song that Chalmers just sang for us, there is a faith that attests to the fact that God never slumbers nor sleeps. In the song that we sang just prior to the offertory, we claim that God's got the whole world in his hands, even the wind and the rains. We propose to have a faith in a God of all places and all times and all circumstances. And yet there are things that happen in our lives and in the world that threaten those foundational ideas, even the very foundations of our faith. So before the sermon this day, I would like for you to go with me before the Lord in a time of prayer. Let us pray. Holy God, we believe that you have the whole world in your hands. We believe that you do not slumber and that you do not sleep. We believe that you love people everywhere. We believe that you have a plan for our lives, a plan for our welfare and not for our harm, a plan with a future filled with hope. We believe that you are able to do far more than we dare ask or imagine, and yet there are some things that we ask and imagine that you do not do. There are mornings that we awaken and we find out that evil has been sown in the hearts of men and they have done what is evil in your sight to one another. We learn that bombs have blown up and people with them. We learn that terror is on the rise. You alone, Lord God, are our rock and our salvation. We will not fear for you are with us. Holy God, even as storms rise in the torrents of the sea, even as the earth shakes, you are our God. And we are your people, the sheep of your hand. We ask, Lord God, that you would make yourself known to us, even in the midst of the storms. For those here today, Lord God, whose lives are placid and peaceful, we thank you. We thank you for the seasons of time in our lives when joy runs rampant. And Lord God, for those here this morning whose lives are stormy, for whom the rains have come, tend to them, Lord. By the power of your Holy Spirit, surround them with your love and your comforting presence. Assure them of your grace. And set their eyes, Lord God, not on the things of this earth, but on the things of heaven. Open to us now your word and reveal to us your will through it. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Life is filled with storms. The Bible is filled with storm stories because the Bible is about real life. Over the next several weeks, we're going to take a look at some of the storied storms of the Bible. We will meet some of the heroes of the storms. And hopefully, together, we will learn a few things about preparing for or even navigating around some of the storms that are in our future. Now, I will admit that I used to kind of chuckle and even make sport of people who always talked about the weather <clears throat> or 
When you'd go to their home, the weather channel was what was always on. I don't do that anymore. I'm one of them now. <laughs> channel 24 is one of the ones you can get to really, really quick on my TV. Weather.com's on my favorite list. I visit them with some frequency. Why is that? It's more than just local on the eights. I'm fascinated by the weather. Truth be told, it's not just the weather, it's the storms. Now, we tune in or we go online to check on what's happening during the day because we want to be able to change our plans. We want to be able to change our lives to accommodate the changing weather. We want to be able to get prepared if there is a storm on the way. We even want to be able to have time to get to higher ground, if that's what's called for. But let's admit it. Every single one of us tunes in to the Weather Channel or to weather.com because they have great stories about great storms. It's not actually the weather itself that holds our attention. It's the storms. Even the threat of a storm, even there's activity in the upper atmosphere that might produce a storm, gets us excited. And frankly, the bigger the better. The more fierce we find, the more fascinating. Tornadoes, hurricanes, flash floods, blizzards, mudslides, lightning, last-minute rescues, stories of survival, heroes, torrents of mud, waves of disaster. We are glued to it. We are fascinated by it. Now, looking outside today, knowing what's brewing out there, I could probably say, isn't it just so gracious of God to be providing a real-life, timely storm for me to point to the outer bands of what I'm sure by Monday will be known as Dennis the Menace, giving us a reminder, a foretaste of hurricane season. But that would be twisting the truth. You see, the truth of the matter is, I knew that when I would be preaching this series of sermons, it would be in the middle of hurricane season. I knew that there was a good chance that we would already have a storm or two to talk about by the second Sunday in July. And I can predict with absolute certainty, with absolute confidence, that there will be storms in our future. There is no doubt in my mind that there will be storms in our future. There will be rain, there will be wind, there will be waves, they will beat against our homes, they will wash away the cars we leave behind, they will beat against our families, they will beat against our faith. How do I know that? Because Jesus, who among other things was quite a forecaster, said that there is a 100% chance of wind and waves and rain in everyone's life. There are storms 
in the future for us individually, and there are storms in the future for us corporately. There is a 100% chance of rain in our future. Jesus did not say in today's texts, if the rain falls, if the wind blows, if the waves beat against that house. He said when they do, when the rains come, when the wind blows, when the waves beat against that house. Jesus promised us, or at least predicted for us, that there would be storms, serious, life-threatening storms in our future. There's not a question about whether or not our lives will be stormy. There will even be, for some of us, what feel like seasons of storms. The question is whether or not we will build our lives in such a way as to be prepared to survive the storms that come, or whether we will build our lives in such a way as to prepare to be washed away by them. You heard me right. You and I today, right now, are either building our lives in active preparation to survive the promised storms of the future, or we are actively preparing right now to be washed away by those self-same storms. Because the storms are coming. If you've never had anybody tell you that before, hear it from me today. The storms are coming. This is just the outer bands. This one is just going to give us a glancing blow. There is going to be one headed straight for us. Hurricane season on an island is a great analogy, but it's just an analogy. God loves us enough to tell us that our lives will be stormy. God loves us enough to give us fair warning. He loves us enough to teach us how to prepare, to tell us how to build and on whom to build our lives. On Christ, who will supply for us a firm foundation, a solid rock to withstand the stormy blast. But it's still up to us. It is still a choice as to whether or not we build there. In today's text, the same story comes upon everyone. Apparently, believing in Jesus and being a follower of him is no insulation against the wind and the rain and the floods of life. Christians have, do, and will continue to suffer the same hardships as everyone else. Storms who have names like Dennis or Andrew or Hugo or Camille and storms who have names like cancer and divorce, addiction, bankruptcy, and depression. Christians are not immune, nor are we insulated from the very real storms of very real life. Now, it is one thing to be caught off guard by a storm that came out of nowhere. It's another thing altogether to fail to prepare for storms that we know are predicted in our future. 
Today is your storm warning. There is a storm brewing. It will pass directly through your life. I cannot tell you today exactly when it will come, and I cannot tell you exactly what its name will be. But I can tell you with absolute certainty there is a storm brewing on the horizon. It is gaining strength, and it is headed for the foundation of your life. I know that whatever it is, it will rock your world. It will threaten your foundation. It will test your faith. Some of you are living in the midst of those storms right now. For some of you, the eye wall has just passed over your life, and you're thinking to yourself, I'm glad we survived that. The back of the storm is still coming. If the foundation of your life is the shifting sands of our culture, or the shifting sands of your own ability, or your own intellect, or your own planning, if your firm foundation is the shifting sands of your human relationships, then I have bad news for you. The storm that is headed your way is going to turn your life upside down. It's going to splinter your relationships, and it is going to leave you adrift, bereft of everything upon which you now place your faith because your faith is placed on shifting sand. Those foundations are simply not secure enough to withstand the storms of real life. If, however, the foundation of your life is Jesus Christ, if you are truly rooted and grounded in him, then even though the storms come and they will come, even though the winds blow and the rains pour and the waves beat against your life, then when the storm passes, and it will, you will open the door to the rising sun and you will see that your life withstood all that the world had to throw at it. Will there be damage? Likely. But it'll all be above ground. It won't be down deep where we really live and move and have our being. Foundations are funny things. Few of us, well, maybe some of you who actually, you know, went every day when your house was being built, you actually probably do know what your foundation looks like. Anybody who bought a pre-existing house, you probably don't know what your foundation looks like. You're trusting what someone uh, wrote on a sheet of paper that says your foundation is made of and how deep it goes, because most of us haven't really dug down there next to our side of our house to see how many cinder blocks deep that foundation really is or to touch down all the way to that footer that they poured, hopefully, right? Living on an island, your house is probably not grounded far enough down so as to be on a solid rock. There is some shifting sands beneath all of us living here. And the truth of the matter is most of us know more about the paint colors on our walls and the kind of countertops we have than we do about the real nature of our foundations. That's because 
We don't look at them very often. As long as everything is going well, as long as everything above ground looks okay, then we have a confidence that what's happening below ground is okay as well. The problem with that philosophy when applied to our lives is that you and I are really good at faking it above ground. You and I are really good at putting on our Sunday best and brushing back our hair and putting on our happy face and acting to the whole world as if everything is okay. When we know that at the foundation, our lives are shaken, crumbling, hurting, devastated. But as long as above ground, we keep it all brushed back and put together, we think, well, no one will know. Here's the problem. No one can come to your aid. No one can come alongside you as a brother and sister in Christ. The Christian community cannot do what it is called and capable of doing with and for you if you never let on that there's a storm and that it's raging. You and I are vulnerable, and we need to become vulnerable with one another. I'm going to ask each of you to examine your foundations. Examine the foundations of your thought life. What is your thinking really built upon? Is every thought you have really held captive to Jesus Christ? How about the foundations of your physical life? Are you at least working toward treating your body as a temple of the Holy Spirit? How about your financial life? Is the foundation of the way that you earn and spend and invest and give money rooted and grounded in biblical building codes? I'm going to assume that since it's Sunday morning and you're in a sanctuary, that your faith life at least has the outward appearance of doing those things. I'm way less concerned about the outward appearance than the inward reality. You need to check on your faith foundation. And you need to judge it against the biblical building codes revealed in Scripture and see whether or not, according to God, that foundation will hold in a storm. It is the storms of life that expose our foundations. You know, you can only see what a house is built, built on when the foundation is being laid or when the foundation has been laid waste. Those are pretty much the two times you get to see the foundation. So most of us don't think very often about our foundations. But our foundations are revealed in storms. And so, for those of you who are experiencing storms now, and for the rest of us for whom the storms are just yet on the horizon, now's a good time to strengthen the foundation in expectation that it's going to be revealed when the storm passes us. How we respond to death, how we respond to disappointment, how we respond to stresses and distresses of every kind reveal what our lives and what our faith are really built upon. You can say, all of us can say, that our lives are built upon a solid rock, that our lives are built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. When the storms come, 
when the rains fall, when somebody we love dearly dies, when we lose our job, when our child fails and others pass beyond them, when the diagnosis is difficult to bear, when the rug gets ripped out from under us in whatever way it does. Then we get to find out whether or not what we said about our foundation was true. I have good news. I have good news for people who, after you examine your foundation, you find that, you know what, it's not where it should be, or it's not as firm as you hoped it might be, or you found some cracks and some faults in it. The community of faith, the church, the people of Providence and beyond are here to help you strengthen that foundation, to fill in those gaps, to fix those cracks in anticipation of the coming storms. Jesus says in today's text, he starts off each part by saying, you know, there was somebody who heard this word of mine, but did not heed it. There is someone who heard this word of mine and did it, heeded it. Jesus says nothing new in today's text. Did you know that? In Ezekiel 33, the exact same prediction is given to those who are hearers of the word only and not doers of it, and to those who are both hearers and doers of the word. Jesus sets it up as a good news story that you can build your house on the solid rock of the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and your Life will withstand the coming storm. Unfortunately, in Ezekiel 33, Jesus is not a character yet in the story. And so all that is predicted for those who are hearers and not doers of the word is the damnation that after the storm passes, they'll all go, you know what? He was right. Listen to this. Ezekiel 33, verses 30 to 33. As for you... You talk together by the walls and the doors of your houses. You say to each other, come, hear the message that has come from the Lord. And so my people, they come to you as they usually do. They sit down before you. They listen to your words, but they don't put any of them into practice. With their mouths, they express devotion, but their hearts are set on their own gain. Indeed, to them... You are like nothing more than one who sings love songs with a beautiful voice, one who plays an instrument well, for they hear your words, but they do not put them into practice. So when all this comes to pass, that was the when all this comes to pass is the devastating prediction of chaos. When all this comes to pass and the Lord says it surely will, then they will know that a prophet has been among them. Jesus says the same thing that Ezekiel said. You cannot just hear these words of mine as if they are beautiful music to your ears, as if I am just a beautiful uh, person with nice words. You must do them. You must act upon them. How today are you going to leave this sanctuary and act upon the words of Christ, that your life must be built on the firm foundation of who he is? Otherwise, it will not withstand the storms that are coming. 
Last summer was a very active storm season. Would you agree? Very active hurricane season. Now, not everyone took the same precautions, but everyone made some preparations. We kept our gas tanks topped off. We kept our important papers in a watertight file box somewhere near the door. We kept an ample supply of fresh water. We made sure that our batteries were new or fully charged. We had little little stockpiles of non-perishable food, and we made sure there was an extra can opener nearby that didn't require electric power. On a few occasions, we made hotel reservations, or we called friends as far inland as we thought we might make it. We didn't know if any of those storms would actually make landfall here. And thankfully, none of them did. But we were all prepared to go if the call came. We will pray for that same deliverance during this hurricane season, but we will prepare as if we might take a direct hit. I don't know if the storm that is headed your way in your life will just strike a glancing blow or if you will find yourself in its dead aim. And so let me say to you today and encourage you today to check your foundation. The Lord has given us fair warning. Let us not only be hearers of his word, but doers as well. Build your life on the solid rock of Jesus Christ, for all other ground is sinking sand. Amen.